Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups. The superstars. The games. Starting defense. Place at the table. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. A comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. One final hour for us here today. Mike and Rashad and Jesse with you. So 11 o'clock talking some superb owl and spend some time on the Pats. Hour number one, you can catch it on the Lush Up Tires podcast, 1080thefan.com, radio.com, iTunes, etc. wherever you find the podcast after the show. We got Hit It and Love It coming up at 1030. And we got to talk some Rams here. Remember, you can text the Better You Today text line at 55305. Got a lot of text today so far, so appreciate you guys listening and interacting with us. And uh, it is a it is a big show, Super Bowl show. And let's dive into the Rams because we went long last segment, which is not shocking. And I want to start with the Todd Gurley thing. That's what she said. <laughs> I was trying Normally to Normally, that's one. not what she said, but I'll take it. Yeah, she said that too. <laughs> See, I'm really good at this, you're, this joke. Man. You're great at this joke. Everyone's good at that joke, though. <laughs> man, it's all about timing. Uh, it is, and phrasing. And uh, so let's talk about the Rams. I want to talk about the Todd Gurley thing because I'm I'm still not 100% sold that Sean McVay is telling us the truth about Todd Gurley. He's not. Because in that game against the Saints, he dropped a pass that led to an interception or had to go through his hands. He had a ball go through his hands on another pass attempt that would have been a first down on a very important third and four or six or whatever it was earlier in the game. He missed at least one, if not two, major blocks in the backfield. And then he didn't play the rest of the game. It was a C.J. Anderson show. And I'm sitting here going, did he just bench Todd Gurley for the game in the NFC title game? Your best player. And I don't think it's it's even arguable. He's your best player. Did Sean McVay really just bench him because he he had a couple of bad plays in the first quarter? And then everyone's talking about the injuries, but Sean McVay kept saying he wasn't hurt and that there were he was he wasn't even benched. He was available. He just kept saying he was available. So then what's the deal with that? What's going on with Todd Gurley? Is he gonna play? I, he should play, right? He's their best player. He definitely should play. It's the Super Bowl. And I mean, mind you, I don't know the severity of his injury that, you know, Sean McVay is not letting us know about at this point. But when C.J. Anderson, you know, has 
16 carries and, you know what I'm saying, you have four, that's, I, I mean, you're not going to be able to tell me that the best running back in the league is just, oh, he's okay. We just decided to work out C.J. Sign and work out C.J. Anderson and then put him into the starting lineup and let him do work in the NFC Championship. No, like you did that because you were nervous and you and rightfully so because without having Todd Gurley there, there was no chance that you beat the uh, that you beat the Saints. And so you, luckily C.J. Anderson came out and had, you know, and, and okay, he's played okay over the past you know, a couple games, but you can tell Gurley's not right. When so as soon as he dropped that pass, you're like, okay, there's something wrong here. You know, we, he's laboring out there and he's thinking too much about things. Todd Gurley gets that ball and it's the house. You know, he had that one. He had one play in the two games that he just had. You know, that 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 burst and was able to kind of show. And then you're like, okay, there he is. He's good. He's fine. And then where was it after that? You know, so I, I don't know. I don't. I think he's not right. And I think that sucks if you're a Rams fan right now because you definitely need to be at full strength offensively to well, go against the Patriots. He's got team. two weeks off. Yeah, so I mean, so well, he might frankly, be. You got three weeks off, yeah, right? So, so he, yeah, I mean, so he might be good at, at this point, but I don't, I don't think so. You know, it's, it's. So you're saying it's an injury? I think he's, I think he's hurt. I mean, honestly, I don't know because he was hurt towards the end of the regular season, and they gave him a week or two as like rest weeks where he didn't play because he was he was suffering from like a calf injury or something and but he played in the AFC divisional game or the NFC divisional game played well right had 100 yards on mm-hmm. on 19 carries or whatever it was and that then all of a sudden he doesn't play it's, it's just strange and I I think if the Rams are going to win this game you have to have Todd Gurley I know CJ Anderson has played actually exceptionally well in his stead but you need Todd Gurley on the field he is your best player. He is the main reason, in my opinion, that you are at this far this season because he has been a workhorse for you. Multiple three-touchdown games, always catching the ball out of the backfield. You got to use him. And I, I, I get that C.J. Anderson gives you a different look, and I'm sure you'll see plenty of C.J. Anderson today because it just keeps Gurley fresh, but Gurley has to play. Yeah, and, and I think Gurley needs to get 20, 25 touches in this game. I really, I believe that. And anything less than that uh, would be crazy. Now, mind you, he had 20, uh, 16 in the game against Dallas, and then he had, uh, I believe it was 10 uh, carries in the game against the Saints. So, But they were not good carries. No, they they, <laughs> they weren't good carries. And he had one run uh, against Dallas, and I think that was the run I'm talking about where he showed that, that burst, it. like, man, okay, everything is okay with Todd Gurley. And then, you know, without that long run, you know, he doesn't break 100 yards, you know, for that game. And so – I don't know. I don't know if Gurley's good. I know C.J. Anderson uh, is a is a very good running back and has been for a while. So he's a little little pudgier than uh, I'm used to seeing him be, but it worked and it worked for him. It's almost kind of like a, a bowling ball, you know, for the team right now. But Todd Gurley definitely needs to be on on the field. If he can't be on the field, I, honestly, I just don't just not just for what he does, you know, running the ball, but what he's able to do out of the backfield, what he's able to do as a pass blocker, what he's able to do catching the ball. Like, if he can't do that, then I, I don't know. I don't really trust C.J. Anderson to fill a Todd Gurley role. The only reason I, I'm i not sure he's hurt is that I'm not going to try to misquote this because there's definitely a curse word in it, too. But I remember after the game, they asked him in the press conference, why didn't you get more touches? And he goes, because I sucked or something like that. And he did. He played awful in the NFC title game. It's just weird to me to see a, a guy, even if he has a couple bad drives, and it was only a couple of drives that he played badly, to see a team go away from a guy like that. But the thing in Super Bowls is 
you've got great offenses and occasionally they'll get really high scoring games last year as an example the the falcons ravens or the falcons patriots game as an example they'll get really high scoring games but oftentimes as as we alluded to earlier you need to run the football mm-hmm. just run the ball and sean McVay is a really good coach he's a really good game planner and he comes up with really interesting things but I'm curious in a game like this against a team like the Patriots who have been there so many times, do you just say, I know we need to run the ball and you give Todd Gurley that chance to be the impact playmaker that he's been all year. And I think that's just what needs to happen. All right. We're back on time. We're caught up next. The biggest weakness for the Rams is at the most vital position. Can Jared Goff play well enough to outduel Tom Brady? That's next football. Sunday night. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Sometimes you got to be more specific in categories. Man, uh, but that one would have, should have won. Business associate, is that a work title? It's a title. It didn't have to, uh, I don't know if it had to be work title, but yeah. I think it, I think it could be, yeah. Because B is like bartender. That's yeah, a title. but, you know, business associate, it can definitely be a you work title. about bartender? Somebody else put that. Well, so, you could have been the first one to put it. No, yeah. No, but, I know, I mean, then you lose it if someone else Yeah, somebody it. else has it. You know, we're talking about categories. Yeah, so. because that ad just said that's the way to ruin a family. I'm like, what are you talking about? Categories is great. It's one of my favorite games ever. The way the the way the little timer starts ticking, you start panicking as you're writing out things. <laughs> Can I think of a double word? <laughs> what is two peas? It is a food. Um, pomegranate. Uh, uh, Peter yeah. Pan peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, it's a triple. Mm-hmm. There you go. You. See, that's why I'm good at this. Look game. at you. <laughs> that's why I'm good at this game. That was a good one. Uh, let's talk about Jared Goff or golf. However, you'd like to say it. Get this man's name right. Like, it's so there's no L. Like, it's yeah, golf. I, I've noticed so many people say it that way, too. Troy so Aikman, weird. he says golf. Suge, obviously, is where we're talking about. He says golf. People just say it. I've heard it all. I don't know why. Is it really that hard to say OFF? It's off. Goff. It's a golf. It's Jared Goff. Yeah. Get the man's name Put right. the G in front of an OFF. Put some respect on his name. And it's golf. Man. So it's interesting to say that he is the biggest weakness on this Rams team, but I honestly truly believe that. You think about an offensive line on on L.A. that is exceptional and has not been hurt all year. We talked about the running game. Even without Todd Gurley, it's been good. You've got a couple of really solid receivers. You've got a decent tight end game, and your defense, although it struggled most of the year, has great players all over the field. So your biggest weakness is Jared Goff. And... I think the thing about Goff that gets people the most nervous is that occasionally, even with all the help he gets from Sean McVay and the quick hurry-up stuff that they do, occasionally he just makes one of those throws where you go, what are you doing? And occasionally he makes exceptional throws, like you saw him make to Brandon Cooks against the Saints, deep down the left sideline that got him into the, into the red zone, five-yard line last week. He's he's so good and so mediocre at the same time. And when you have a quarterback like that and you're going up against Tom Brady, who for the most part you think will play really well, that's a big concern. I think the Rams are a better team across the board. 
I really do. I think almost every position favors the Rams, in my opinion. But when it comes down to the quarterback position, it's not even close. And that would be the reason why the Rams would lose this game today. So you say Goff's a weakness, and I, I mean. He's a strength if, and a weakness if, at the same time. I mean, I'm. He's an enigma. You know, his, his 4,600 4, yards are fourth in the league. Uh, his 32 touchdowns are tied for sixth in the league. Um, he's thrown 12 picks on the, in the, on the season, and that has him 20th. So he's, that means he's one of the better quarterbacks as far as taking care of the football. If that's your weakness, you're in pretty damn good shape because Jared Goff is a great young quarterback who was almost ruined by Jeff Fisher <laughs> and would have been in that long line of quarterbacks like uh, much like Nick Foles and some others who just had their entire career crushed uh, due to a bad coach. Jared Goff has done really nothing this year but produce. And even last year, going into last year, he had you know a, a, a pretty good second season. You know, I'm I'm looking at a kid now who's looks like they're they're ready to to take the mantle. You know, mind you, coming in his first Super Bowl, if we're comparing quarterbacks, man, he was way further along than Brady was. Like, if we're really comparing quarterbacks, then you can look at these teams and say, man, Goff's defense is what keeps him in this game or keeps him, you know, relevant. But man, Goff's offense and the guys and the weapons that he has to work with, Brady never had some of those weapons early in his career. It was that Patriots defense that was great. Well, now here Jared Goff has a great defense behind him. Then he has all these toys to play with on offense. Man, if you look at their, man, first Super Bowl run, you tell me why Jared Goff can't beat this Patriots team. I I mean, I'm a Pats fan, and I'm going to sit here and agree with you. Man, outside of head coach and quarterback, the check goes to, to, to the Rams in almost every category. Offensive line, check. You know, running back, if Gurley is, is, is healthy, check. Wide receivers, check. Tight end, Patriots, advantage Patriots. D- defensive line, oh, Rams. Oh, you don't like Higby? No, sorry. <laughs> defensive line, Rams, linebackers, Rams, DBs, Rams, check, check, check. You know, but the one the special one thing they have Rams. is special teams, Rams. You know, the one thing the Patriots have, they have a better quarterback, they have a better head coach, and from there they can kind of figure things out. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Rashad on this. I th- I think he's done enough this season. I think the the couple times he's not shown up, there's been the you you had to reacclimate to not having your favorite target in Cooper Cup. You you had to reacclimate to playing the best defense in the league without having your number one player in Todd Gurley, and you didn't have a guy behind him and a guy like C.J. Anderson, and and your offense just stalls when it is all on your shoulders. You're talking about the Bears game? Bears game, yes. Mm-hmm. So That's- you, you take that game away, Goff actually had, I agree, he had a, he had a great season. He, the numbers kind of show it. Um, he's had to overcome some adversity this season, and and I think that kind of is just more proof that he is a guy that's kind of up to the challenge. You see what he did last week, or well, two weeks ago um, in that NFC Championship game. He made a handful of throws that if he doesn't make those throws, mm-hmm. they don't win the right. game. And he went toe to toe with Drew Brees. And he also helped fight through the sound. Yes, stuff. big big in that. Where, I mean, I think a lot of quarterbacks, even great ones, would have been completely rattled. And I remember the play, which was so strange of him running all the way out to the receiver and talking in his ear and then sprinting back to the to behind the uh, the, the center. And I, I I can't remember if that play worked. I think they actually called a timeout because he ran so far. They did away. call a timeout. But it was just one of those where you, he still had control. It felt like, although you do have to say that Sean McVay has control, too, because of the way that they they set it up. 
Sean McVay can talk to him until the 15 second mark. So Sean McVay reads that defense with him. And it's not all on McVay. I read a really interesting article. It was uh, the Monday morning quarterback with Peter King uh, sat with Sean McVay on his car ride in on the last day that they were in LA before they went to Atlanta. And he was talking about a specific play. It was a, it was an out like a slant out that uh, Brandon cooks ran. And it was a deep completion that helped the, the Rams come back in that game. And that play is not normally run that way, but Goff had seen the defense and told McVay earlier in the game, Hey, I really want cooks to run a slant out next time we see that. And he listened to him and he told Goff the play call. It was that play cooks was wide open. He had the perfect throw. It was great. So it is a lot of McVay, but it's not like Goff is just a puppet. I'm just following instructions every single time. No, they're a think tank. They're at the line of scrimmage. It's you, you don't have to just beat Goff. You don't have to just beat McVay. You have to beat Goff and McVay. And I, I imagine that there's a big element of that as well with the New England sideline between Belichick and Brady. You know, it just doesn't get talked about because, you know, Brady probably doesn't need to talk to Belichick as much as he does on every play. But I imagine that they're they're still in there chatting it up every uh, play. Probably true. And in terms of my opinion on this, I mean, I, I'm bringing this up as a topic because it is. I, I still think it's true that Goff is the weak link on the Rams. I think Goff has what it takes to do it in this game. There might be a little bit of those jitters in the beginning. You see that with younger quarterbacks, their first Super Bowl or their first big game, uh, title game. Trevor Lawrence did it for Clemson this year, mm-hmm. where all their throws are way too fast, and they're just they're they're so amped up that they can't really control themselves for a drive or two. I could I could imagine that we see that from Jared Goff, but in my opinion, I think what we saw in the second half and the fourth quarter, especially from Goff last week against the Saints, was almost like a butterfly learning to fly. He broke out of the cocoon. He's been great as a caterpillar. And now he's a beautiful butterfly. This got really strange. He's been great as a caterpillar. <laughs> he went into the cocoon in the playoffs where he had to grow into a, but- a playoff butterfly. And in the fourth quarter of last week's game is when he reached that status where he's now just a playoff butterfly. I'm going to keep going with it. Don't, don't laugh at me. And that fourth quarter was exceptional. He played so well. He commanded the line of scrimmage. He was accurate with all of his throws. And... I think you're you're going to see that again this game. And I think that him being a weakness will no longer be a storyline because I think you're going to see him play well. That's you know, that's just my opinion. You know, this this and we just got a, a text here on the um better you today text line and I kind of agree with it in the sense that you know, really a lot of pressure can be taken off of Goff uh based on the defense. You know, if if this if this Rams defense can make Brady um dance and make him move and, you know, get him nervous and, and moving up and down the pocket, then I think they have a great chance to do that. And all, really, if the defense plays well, then the pressure's off of golf. All he has to do is go out there and get one of his 35 receivers involved in the game. You know, and so I think that will be much easier for him to do if he doesn't have to play from behind. If he's playing from behind, he does, he's not Patrick Mahomes, you know, in the sense that where he can be a very creative quarterback and throw the ball as he's falling on the ground, you know, throw it with his offhand and still make plays. That's not his game. And to be fair, I don't think it's anybody's game but Patrick Mahomes, you know, at this point. So if this defense can if, – if Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue and company can make it uncomfortable for Brady, then – it's it's easy selling him. Look at Nick Foles. Look at what that defense from Philadelphia did last year to the Patriots. They made Tom Brady nervous early, and then they were able to put some points in the Yeah, court. look at most of the Patriots' losses in Super Bowls and think about the teams that they lost to. Or, hell, playoff losses, right? Because uh, you can include Von Miller 
on Denver mm-hmm. in that. The, those Giants defenses were so nasty at getting to the quarterback. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm sure some of these guys didn't play in those, but I'm thinking like Michael Strahan. No, Strahan was there. Jason, Jason Pierre, Paul, Human Yeah. I mean, those guys, Europe, I forgot all about that guy. Jeez. Those guys, those guys were great. Had a great defensive line, and they got to Brady. If Brady gets pressured, he loses games. It's just that simple. It's actually kind of been that way in the regular season too. If he gets pressured, he loses games. It, he's not mobile enough to get away from that, especially at this age. And uh, that is a great point from uh, one of our texters. There. Yeah, I think you're going to need um, you're going to need Aaron Donald to kind of do what he hasn't really been doing in the playoffs and kind of be more of that regular season guy he hasn't been huge in the playoffs um so he's going to need to get to brady i think was it dante fowler jr off the edge is going to need to get to brady and i think sue's going to need to be in there to stop sony michelle and if those three can do that along the uh, um along the defensive line and control the line of scrimmage i think this is going to be a really rough game for the patriots so it's literally i think their defense is on those three guys and there's also stats that brady hasn't really been pressured up the middle in the Correct. last couple of games which yes. is a big key as well all right, let's get to break. Coming up next, we got Hate It or Love It. And uh, first, Jesse at Center. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, that music means that it's time for Hate It or Love It. I'm assuming Rashad won last week. I think I did. I think I did. Uh, I did pretty well. Um, lots of points. There was no... Uh, no competition. I just... I, I gave him all the points in the beginning. I just... You know... You just spammed the button. I, yeah, I just... There we. That, that's what I did last week. So those are for me. That's <laughs> just guys. I'm just curious. I'm just asking. I want to make sure. All right, Jesse. I'm assuming we're doing all Super Bowl edition. Uh, all Super Bowl football, whatever. Some some way, shape, or form related to Patriots, Rams, something like that. Um, uh, something like that. Uh, I mean, it could be. You sound really confident about related to the MVP. <laughs> I got a lot of different things on here, just based on you know MVP. You know, um, I got one on Mahomes or whatever, but a lot of uh, we'll, we'll just start here. Um, and this is, I think, where the biggest question mark is as far as the game where people don't really know what's going to happen. And that's the backfield of the L.A. Rams. Everybody obviously expecting Todd Gurley to come out, maybe have a big game because he's been the MVP for this team for basically the first 12 games of the season before that knee really started to bug him. Um, and then C.J. Anderson kind of came in and almost Gurley almost took a back seat to him here in the playoffs love or hate cj anderson will out touch todd Gurley in the super bowl i'm gonna say hate because i don't think he can if the rams are gonna win the game i think that todd Gurley needs to out touch cj anderson he needs to be a main focal point of this rams offense if la is gonna win the game he does so much for the team I saw a stat just on NFL Network right now that C.J. Anderson, like 98% of his runs have come between the tackles. So he is a one-trick pony at the moment. It worked really, really well last week. So I'm I'm not going to blame the Rams for doing it. But if you want to run the ball to the outside, if you want a guy who's going to catch passes out of the backfield, you need Todd Gurley in this game, and you need to have a guy who can be all over the field for you. Plus, he's just stinking better than C.J. Anderson. 
I know Anderson's played well, but Gurley is better. It's just the truth. So to me, he has to outtouch CJ Anderson if they're going to win the game. And I think he will. I think he will. Um, yeah, that was a layup for Lynch. Uh, I love that he has to touch the ball uh, more than CJ Anderson. Um, we at no point have we ever called CJ Anderson the best running back in the league. We've never said CJ Anderson is among the best running backs in the league. We've never said CJ Anderson is somebody that's going to change your franchise's fortunes. He came in for the one game against Dallas, had a very good game with the 100 yards that nobody really saw coming. The next week had a marginal game, even with 20 touches, he still just did okay. If the Rams plan on winning anything, they're going to need Todd Gurley to be the dynamic running back that he is, catching balls out of the backfield, making sure he can pass block uh, as well as possible, and also being a, a, a legit threat, uh, you know, really as a wide receiver. You, especially in the absence of Cooper Cup, they tried to go to him a little bit more. And so, if he's going to be, um, if he's going to be in this game, he can't be a decoy. He can't be somebody that's just there to kind of make sure that you throw, you know, you throw off the scent for the for the pass coming. He's got to be somebody that's got to be incredibly involved. Uh, in this game today. So if he's not, C.J. Anderson uh, better be all-world. I mean, he better be James White. He better be Marshall Falk, you know, the greatest running back that you've seen in a Super Bowl because that's exactly what this team is going to need if they're going to beat the Patriots. Honestly, I I could see um, C.J. out-touching Gurley, them kind of running it the same way uh, the Patriots have been running Sonny Michelle, kind of using him as – as the um, bowling ball wrecking through the um, defensive line, and then you bring in uh, Gurley, kind of like the Burkhead, James White type character, use him more in the passing game, use him on the edge rushes. Um, but, you know, like like uh, in the AFC Championship game, I think in the end you were like, were they, did they just give up on, on Sony Michelle? And then you realize that Sony Michelle had like 29 rushes in that game right. or whatever. You're like, oh, no, he's just done. Um Okay, moving on. Um, This one is a Tom Brady one where um, I think we all know that Tom Brady's not retiring after this year. He ended that speculation, said it is not happening. He plans to play more, and he he keeps saying this every year. Um, Love or hate, Brady will leave the game too late rather than a little bit early. Um. And remember, everybody says it's better to leave a little bit earlier than too late. I'm going to say hate on this one. Uh, for for two reasons. A, I think Tom Brady knows that. I think Tom Brady knows when the end is going to be for him. Clearly, he knows better than us because we've been calling it the end for Tom Brady for like five years. And yet here he is in the Super Bowl again, still having good seasons, still having good regular season stats as well. So it's either going to be that he knows well enough that he's going to be able to pull the plug just in the right time, walk off into the sunset, if you will. Or B, he'll never have that moment. He'll always be this good. And when he decides to retire, whenever that may be, he will still be good, and, and even if they don't win that year's Super Bowl, they'll still have a good year, and they'll get the playoffs, and then he'll realize, you know what? I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to spend more time with Giselle, and it's, that's it. I think Tom Brady is above playing until he's not good enough. He's above the Michael Jordan to the Wizards thing. I think he's that good. I think that the quarterback position in general, it's easier to be good for longer as long as you stay healthy, which Brady has been very healthy throughout his career, minus the one major injury, especially with his arms. You know, Peyton Manning couldn't feel his fingers. That's why he couldn't throw the ball after a while. But a quarterback, as long as you're healthy, you can still be an effective quarterback. So I just don't think he's going to get to that point in his career where he is hanging on for too long. So he'll, he'll either make the smart decision and go out on top, or even if he goes out after a loss, it won't be deemed as he hung on too long. Uh, I love the fact that he'll hang on till he feels like he can't play uh, anymore, basically. 
Uh, Brady's not going to be one of those guys that's forced out. Robert Kraft made it abundantly clear that you're going to be a Patriot. You're going to stay here. Uh, he's going to be Tim Duncan. He's going to be Kobe Bryant, one of these guys that plays for 20 years and plays with one franchise and wins. You know, he already has the five championships that those guys has. He's going to have an opportunity to become the greatest player of, of, of all time and then possibly an opportunity to come back again and do it next year because the AFC East isn't getting any stronger. And that's six, uh, that's six wins right there that you're going to have, you know, for the most part every year, barring some type of, you know, weird lateral play, you know, at the end of a game. Uh, this this is a guy who, again, I mentioned it earlier, who, who, is a, who, who loves habit, you know, who makes sure he doesn't drink during the offseason. He sleeps in the hyperbaric chamber, I believe. Uh, he's, his life is very private. For his wife being the supermodel, and uh, what do we know about Brady? Not much, you know, everything. He's done a really good job. His camp has done a great job of keeping inside. So I think because of those things, he doesn't have a lot of outside distractions. He doesn't have a lot of those extra things that take people away from the game. For him, it's football, it's family, and then rinse, repeat. And so I think for guys like that, and also he doesn't get hit a whole lot. For, you know, for uh, Brady not being as mobile as he is, he doesn't take a whole, whole lot of sacks. And that's with an offensive line that isn't super great. So because of that, like Lynch was saying, uh, he's been relatively healthy for most of his career. And when you're not dealing with nagging injuries like Peyton, like Peyton or like Drew Brees or any of those guys, it makes it much easier for you to do that. All right. Um, I, 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 I very much think the number one thing there is the health. I think you guys are right. He's just, he's done such a good job. He focuses more than anybody on maintaining that health. Um, you know, the TB12 program, all that kind of stuff. And I, I agree with, with Lynch that, you know, Manning, doesn't have that neck injury he you know it's quite possible manning is still playing today he just couldn't feel his arm or his hand so um health big issue uh kind of changed my mind on that i i honestly went into that thinking yeah no this guy's gonna hold on too long he's gonna it's kind of gonna be that manning season for him the last year but kind of changed my mind on that i think i am also on the hate bandwagon for that as well um and we will move on to um i think this is it, we're going to stick with the Patriots. Tom Brady uh, has not been sacked in the postseason. Um, and then we have the uh, defensive player of the year, Eric Donald, 20 and a half sacks this season. You got a Dominican Sue on that line. You got uh, Dante Fowler Jr. on that line. Love or hate, the Rams will not only sack Brady, but they will sack him at least two times in the game. Ooh. Um. Mm. Sorry, hold on. I know I have to go so first. But I, I had to cough. Uh, I'm going to love that. I think the Rams' defensive line is is that much better than anything that the Patriots have seen so far in these playoffs. Watching Aaron Donald, they'll they'll occasionally show spotlights of him. He'll have double teams. He'll have guys hedging on him. A center kind of moves over and bumps him out of the way before blocking someone else. It doesn't matter. He's getting through the line. Almost every single time. It does not matter. And that's just talking about one player, Aaron Donald. We, we talked about Ndamukong Sue a little bit earlier this year. He's very good against the run. Portland native, first time in the Super Bowl. I know he's had a little bit of, a, of an iffy history in his career with some negative stuff, but, you know, rooting for the hometown kid there. You mentioned Dante Fowler, who had a really good game in the NFC title game and has been an impact player since getting him from the Jaguars. I know the Patriots' offensive line has been good, but I really, truly believe hell even some corner blitzes can come the linebackers or anything i think you're going to see brady getting chased around quite a bit in this game you're not going to see him comfortable in the pocket you're not going to see him easily finding edelman or hogan or gronk he's going to have to move and because of that i think the rams are going to have the advantage in this game as long as golf plays like i think he will 
because they're going to force some punts from the Pats because Brady's not going to have that much time to really dissect the plays that are going on. This this defense was built for this. They signed a bunch of these guys as free agents for this. They were going for it now. They paid a bunch of guys a bunch of money and everyone, what are the Rams doing? Oh, they're going for it for this game. The Rams defense has been iffy all year. It showed up in the playoffs. It's going to show up again tonight. Uh, man, I love it. Uh, I, I could see it happening multiple times. I could see this being one of those games uh, kind of like the the first um, Giants-Patriots Super Bowl. This just they, they got to Brady over and over and over and just kept touching him because uh, I see a lot of that, um, that nastiness the Giants had on their defensive line on the defensive line of the Rams. You talk about OCU Munura and, and – and uh, Michael Strahan and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, well, then you look on the other side for this Rams team, you see Michael Brockers, and you see Ndamukong Sue, and you see Aaron Donald, and you see Akeem Tlaib, and Marcus Peters, and, and Sam Shields, and it's like, well, damn, man, you, you, it's coming from all directions. We talked about it a little earlier, and if you look at the defense, man, it's check everybody on this Rams defense, so it can come from anywhere and you know again Dante Fowler and John Johnson they have an amazing defense from top to bottom so yes I can absolutely see them getting to Brady and the one thing to make Brady uh uncomfortable is to get him dancing and you said earlier they haven't been attacked up the middle you know the, for whatever reason nobody's rushed uh, a few up the middle to try to get at Brady and so he's had a lot of time to throw I believe that Adamican Sue lives with you know rushing up the middle and that's exactly what Aaron Donald does best even when he's double teamed so absolutely I think they'll get three, possibly four sacks in this game. All that right. sucks to say. Yeah, no, I. The, he's going to get sacked in this game. There's no way Brady makes it through the entire playoffs without getting sacked. That happens. That's that's going to be one of the that's, – well, that's amazing. If he does, they win the Super Bowls. That's yeah, simple. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, with that said, the uh, winner today goes to Rashad. That's just one win today. And we're going for one more, starting at 3.30. Start that a little early. Well, I'm glad that. to know that we have it. Um, uh, there's some Hall of Fame guys that went in. Uh, probably the best defensive class of Hall of Fame, at least that I can remember. So uh, we'll talk about some of those guys uh, next, right here on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. This music can only mean good things. That means that, number one, I, Rashad Taylor, was able to walk away with the W today. Was it even close, Jesse? Love it. You didn't say it like, sounded close. You didn't say how many points. I felt no, like it wasn't really close. It wasn't even close. No, he won by a couple points. Oh, that sounds good. Say it one more time. He won by a few points. All oh, right. That's awesome. Take that, Lynch. So, uh, well, man, uh, for you, you got to host. I guess the, I guess the, the, the one thing that we didn't talk about today, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, um, Hall of Fame was announced yesterday. Um, Uh, yep. And uh, the awards, by the way. And so were the awards. Patrick Mahomes walking away with uh, most valuable player and offensive player of the year. Saquon Barkley walking away with the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, or Aaron Donald, you know, surprise, surprise, walked away with the defensive player of the year for the second year in a row. Uh, none of those things were really a surprise to anyone, were they? Were you surprised by any of those awards? Nope. Like, I mean, I think there was some people <laughs> was, that kind of feel like it could have been Baker Mayfield that was 
the offensive player of the year. But didn't play the whole year. Saquon Barkley was was clearly the best rookie to come out this year. So. He was except he was amazing. No, I he was the word awesome. exceptional a lot today. He was amazing. No, he was the he was the the one shining spot for the Giants this year. Like everything about the Giants, including Odell Beckham Jr., was meh this year. And Saquon Barkley kind of gave him a little shot of adrenaline in the arm. So hopefully moving forward, because the, the Giants franchise and I'm supposed to hate them because you know they've beaten my Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. I got a lot of respect for the Giants because for whatever reason they stay out of a lot of drama, uh, at least up until lately they have. So hopefully they can fix things with a, a great player like Saquon and Odell and some, and some other places. But um, we talked about Tony Gonzalez. We did. You know, and and arguably the the greatest tight end of all time. I think he's number one. And Gronkowski can be one B. Um, but Champ Bailey was also someone from your. Denver Broncos. My boy, I always love Champ. He's one of my favorite Broncos of all time. No, love uh, Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey, he was one of those guys, and he had an awesome name. Your name is Champ. Like, that's that's number one. You have one of those memorable names, one of those world-be-free type of names. So, Champ Bailey, man, awesome shutdown corner for a and lot of years for the Broncos. Had one of the greatest interceptions ever. Which Which one? The 100-yard return against the Patriots. Oh, yeah. You know, doesn't Division he have the most, game? like, 100-yard returns for something like well, that? I don't know about that, but I just remember the key play because the Pats were driving. Brady was Brady. Champ picks it and gets all the way down to the end. And what Was that the one where someone chased him down and the ball, like, maybe went out of the end zone, but he scored it? Ooh. I'm trying to remember. There's there's a bunch, but. He's had so many awesome plays, man. It's it's, it's tough to tell. Uh, so Champ Bailey was one, was one of the guys that went in, but. Uh, my personal, you know, favorite of this whole Hall of Fame class is, in my opinion, the greatest strong safety of all time, and that is one Ed Reed, two-time Super Bowl uh, champion, I believe nine-time uh, Pro Bowl, like seven-time All-Pro. Like Ed Reed is, you talk about a ball hawk, you talk about somebody that could lay a hat on you with that shoulder anytime. Like, tell me a more fearsome. Uh, strong safety than Ed Reed that's not named Troy Palomalo that you saw play? Uh, not, Honestly, not I can't more think. more fearsome. I would say John Lynch was a good one, too. But John Lynch was very good. No, no one is better than Ed Reed. No, Ed in Reed. In terms of recently. Ed Reed was. Maybe ever in terms of the safety. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, from, from college to the professional level, man, Ed Reed could do, man, everything. There was nothing that that dude couldn't do. You could put, they put him in on offensive plays. Uh, a lot of the time when he was at Miami and he could still make a million and a half plays. Ed Reed and Ray Lewis anchoring your defense, like, get out of here. He was overlooked a lot, too, because of that, how good that defense was. Ray Lewis was the star of that defense, but you also had Suggs and other really good players. He was overlooked, I think, a lot of the time, but I think he was the key to that defense. He was so good. You didn't throw the ball to the side of the field that Ed Reed was covering as the safety. No, it, it was it was you almost impossible. And it was the same thing with Champ Bailey. If Champ was on that side of the field, you weren't throwing him the ball. I remember I was reading here in, on the Football Hall of Fame website, Champ Bailey had a, a two-season stretch where he had 18 interceptions over those two seasons, which was the most that had been over that stretch in two decades. And then the interceptions went away because they stopped throwing the ball to him. He locked yeah. down that side of the field. That's what Ed Reed did. He just played safety instead. He hit hard. He was great in, in run coverage as well, and I liked watching him play. He was no, a fun guy to watch. Yo, play. Champ Bailey was definitely, and he's one of those guys. When we talk about corners, great corners, his name is often left off the list. You know, we like to talk about. He was a quiet guy. Yeah, we like to talk about Dion and you know the the uh, you know Dawkins and you know some of the other guys that were just really flashy 
uh, corners and safeties and stuff. Like, I think Champ Bailey is one of those guys that, you know, even Richard Sherman, and you throw, you know, Patrick Peterson's name into that mix, we'd like to, you know, leave Champ Bailey out, and um, and that's not cool. But one guy that does get left out, and I'm going to say probably rightfully so, uh, he is a Patriot, and that is one Ty Law. Uh, Ty Law had a very good career as a Patriot, uh, a marginal career other places, but when he was with New England, we kind of talked about it earlier, that defense in New England during Brady's you know first few runs was phenomenal, you know, like shut down everywhere. And Ty Law just happened to be one of those guys. That did he didn't do a lot of things awesome? Like he wasn't a great shut down corner. You know, he wasn't really a, a, a really a ball hawk like that and was taking things out of the air. He wasn't a super hard hitter. He was just a really solid all around cornerback though. They didn't do anything special, but did everything really well. Looking at the uh, finalists that didn't make it in. John Lynch has been a finalist six times. Which is crazy. Still not elected to, to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Edron James has been a finalist three times. Isaac Bruce has been a finalist three times. Uh, Tony Baselli has been a finalist three times. Alan Fanica, four times. Uh, Steve Atwater, former Broncos corner as well, two-time finalist. can't believe that he hasn't got in yet. I mean, there's a, a lot of those guys I can't believe they haven't of, gotten of in. Of all yet. those guys, who's the most surprising? Because to me, it's, it's John Lynch. Like, oh, it's, To me, it's John Lynch, but I think Isaac Bruce is a close second on that one, too. Bruce was really good. Well, Lynch, you have to take into account now he's a GM and he's what he's doing early in his GM career. Like, he's not just killing it as a safety. He's killing it as a GM. Yeah. Like, True this that. guy is Hall of Fame worthy. And on worthy. top of that, you know, this is, you know, John Lynch, From in, in my estimation, I mean, I'm trying to think. He's one of the better white safeties or white corner DBs that I've I've ever seen. I mean, I'm a Jason Seahorn. Like, I'm trying to think of a whole bunch of them that I, I don't really – know of a lot of them that made it to the professional levels and we're, we're awesome so man john lynch definitely needs to be in there hard hitter all right well that's going to do it for us today enjoy the super bowl patriots rams 330 cbs today you're going to hear tony romo man that's gold I love broadcasting gold i he love is him. so good you're going to hear him you're going to have some good food hopefully if you're watching it by yourself just hanging out enjoy the game We'll be back next week as Sports Sunday as we will talk other sports, but we will recap the Super Bowl as well. Get into the trade deadline. Blazers chatter will probably just BS a little bit more as well, so keep an ear out for that. 9 to 11 every Sunday will be Sports Sunday until August once again. That'll do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening and interacting on the Better Eat Today text line 55305. Show is going to be podcasted. Let's show up Tyrus podcast. 1080thefan.com afterwards. Appreciate it. Love you all. Enjoy the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.